Noso Nation. This is Tim Capel of the 9021 Noso Podcast, coming at you with some of the thoughts I think heading into WrestleMania weekend. Now, some of you, if you're only familiar with my voice from 9021 Noso, you might not even realize that I'm also a wrestling fan. Uh, so I'm really honored to be a part of this really special WrestleMania preview. And with that said, I, I have to say I'm admittedly not as much of a fan as I used to be. I'm not terribly well-versed in the current happenings of the WWE Universe or the particulars of these feuds heading into the show. Um, I'm also just not all that comfortable doing a solo podcast or, or even flying solo for part of a podcast. And uh, it's for those reasons that I brought in a ringer, somebody who can be relied upon for the wrestling acumen I am lacking, both in and out of the squared circle. He is an absolute legend, and I'd say a huge get for this podcast network. So, without further ado, here he is. Let's call him uh, the excellence of elocution, Brett, the hitman, Hart. Brett, what a privilege it is to have you. Well, I gotta say, Jim, it is a privilege and a credit to your staff at the North South for having the excellent taste to call up the hitman. I want to formally welcome everyone to the North South WrestleMania preview night one. We got a ton of bolts split between these two nights. I understand the listeners will be hearing from a variety of pundits. Now, I appreciate your reserving the most important matches for my analysis and discussion. Uh, well, yes, thanks. Thanks, Brett. Thank you for your time. And I want to make sure you're, we're being respectful of your time as well. Don't you worry about that, Jim. I'll be the authority on the best use of my time. Okay, glad to hear it. Um, so just set the stage. Overall, uh, how are you feeling heading into this WrestleMania as a fan? And a student of the game, are you excited? Are you looking forward to it? You know, it's been a few years since your listeners last saw me in a WWE ring. But back in my day, when I was an active wrestler, this was always the most hectic but thrilling time of the year where great memories were sure to be made through moments that last a lifetime. That was the power of the road to WrestleMania. These days, I just call it March... Okay, well, um, you know, this is just the third WrestleMania to take place in the state of Texas, and it's the second to be held in the AT&T Stadium. Uh, you know, the promotion is, is all about popping that attendance record, but um, thus far, you know, ticket sales have been really lagging in comparison to the 2016 event. We have two nights to get it done this time, but the question remains... Can they top themselves in Dallas? Well, for starters, I don't know how you can be low enough as a life form to even do business at all in that theocratic shithole known as Texas, but that's Vince McMahon for you. In fact, if you're going to give the whole United States a bone marrow transplant, Dallas is the place where you drill the hole. You know, in Canada, we take care of our sick and our old and our women... I don't think that's how, I mean, you wouldn't, uh, all right, let's just, let's just get to the matches, shall we? The hitman is at your disposal, Jim.
let's talk about the New Day versus Fight Night. What is the Fight Night? Well, it's the informal name for the team of Seamus, Ridge Holland, and Butch. I tell you, I like what I see in that kid Butch. He seems like a jam side up kind of guy. Well, you know, there's a lot of controversy around the fact that he had been wrestling for years as Pete Dunne, and then they inexplicably changed his name to Butch. You gotta do that sometimes to freshen a guy up. Who's going out of their way to see a Pete Dunne? Butch, now that's a wrestler's wrestler. Well, it uh, doesn't appear he'll actually be working the match. Well, then why the fuck are we talking about it? Because there's more juice to this match than you might think on paper. It has the built-in real-life story of Ridge Holland legitimately injuring Big E by dumping him on his head a few weeks ago. This would probably be a six-man tag if not for Big E's broken neck. I take pride in never having hurt a fellow wrestler inside the ring. A lot of good that did me when Bill Goldberg kicked a fucking hole in my skull, the likes of which you never seen. You've hurt a lot of wrestlers with your words, though. I'm thinking about hurting you, Jim Chapel. I want to talk about Seth freaking Rollins versus Question Mark. Well, the actual match, it's probably going to be, is Question Mark a reference to my former tag team partner? Who? Right. Okay, I am not doing this fucking bit with you. It is Seth versus a mystery opponent, presumably Cody Rhodes. Then why did you write Question Mark? Don't worry about it. Now, as the son of another great wrestling dynasty, how does the Rhodes family stack up against the Hart Foundation? Well, you know, I never had all that many run-ins with the Rhodeses. I feel I could have given Dusty the match of his career, but the timing never lined up right for us to work a match together. Fun fact, it was actually my dad, Stu, who gave Dusty the big red spot on his belly after stretching him in the dungeon in 1972. Alright, well what about, as for Cody, I'd never worked with him. But by the time he came along, I'd long since gotten my fucking head kicked off my shoulders by Bill Goldberg in the WCW. Now Dustin, I did work with a fair bit. Some of your radio show listeners might remember him as a prominent crossdresser in the 1990s. But as good as Dustin was, he was no it man. And Cody is no Dustin Rhodes. Cody seems to be giving up a lot for this supposed return. In addition to his salary as a performer and an executive vice president for AEW, Cody really enjoyed a number of additional revenue streams, uh, not to mention his various non-monetary forms of compensation, talking creative and professional freedom, the the ability to essentially book his own storylines, in-ring, and manage his external ventures and outside media appearances. It's hard to put a price tag on those intangible benefits. you got to figure all or most of that just goes away in the rigidly fixed world of WWE talent relations. Even their tippy-top guys, they have their destinies firmly controlled by WWE and WWE alone. So why make exceptions for a Cody Rhodes? 
And how cynical is it to see a co-founder of the promotion that's given WWE the nearest thing to competition that they've seen since the days of WCW walk right back into the prison that lit a fire under him to start AEW in the first place? It's not like they've changed in the years since Cody's departure. Cody knows he's just going to be another cog in the big machine of the WWE, just like everybody else, just like he was before. How shameless and naked is this cash grab? How big is this paycheck to make it worthwhile, Brett? I'm sorry, what? Or maybe maybe Cody is just that deluded by ego. Time will tell. Now, speaking of ego, Seth Rollins, he's taken a rather unconventional path to find himself in this role. After losing match after match to earn a spot on the card, Seth has been rewarded with a high-profile, possibly main event match on night one against, well, I guess all that's been promised is a mystery opponent, but we're saying, Cody, why should should we be invested in this one-sided storyline driven exclusively by a loser who's just proven thus far that he can't hack it in ring? Well, what you're forgetting, Jim, is that WrestleMania is made in the moments, not the minutia. Nobody's going to remember this glorified upper mid-card build and how we got to the match five years down the line. All they're going to be talking about is the big return pop, an epic match on the grandest stage of all. Only geeks like you care about the details. That's awfully rich coming from you, Hitman, but it's remarkably cutting insight. You really think the match is going to be a classic? I didn't say classic, I said epic. He's only smoking mirrors, Cody Rhodes. Well, I guess it's possible the mystery opponent isn't Cody. I mean, they've probably secured as many buys as as they're going to get at this point. But I have to imagine promoting Seth Rollins versus Cody Rhodes is going to do marginally better business than Seth Rollins versus mystery opponent the way it's, it's being marketed now. So, if Cody is a sure thing, I guess my question is, why not just announce it? Because it's not a WrestleMania moment if he isn't a surprise. Well, maybe Cody is one of many surprises. There's a lot of weird chatter around this match lately. Whatever, they managed to get people talking, and I assume that was the goal. Are we done here? Look, all I'm trying to say is that Cody Rhodes is butt. You sound like a jilted lover. I am. All I know is he better not have done anything to fuck up my money. Now you just sound like that bitch Julie. Apparently, closing out the first night, we have Stone Cold Steve Austin versus The KO Show. That doesn't sound like a match, Jim Capel. Well, they're acting like it is. So did they rename Paul White? The KO Show is a pretty good name. No, the KO show is Kevin Owens' in-ring interview segment. Owens won the right to interview-slash-confront Steve Austin. He's been antagonizing Austin for weeks, and it will obviously lead to a confrontation here. In other words, another WrestleMania moment. Yes, it sure sounds like we're in store for a momentous WrestleMania. What's the last real WrestleMania moment anyone talks about? That's right, me. Tapping out McMahon and finally exacting my long overdue revenge. 
I even made sure the hitman's return coincided with Sean's retirement. I timed it that way deliberately to overshadow him. I question just how much value there is in Austin giving Owens the rub here, especially if he's just going to do what he's always done since 2003. Come out, cut a promo, hit the stunner, drink beer, and leave. That can't be all there is to it, right? So you think they're going to use Steve Austin to put Kevin Owens over by association, just like the time they used me to make Austin by beating him clean in our legendary submission match at the WrestleMania 13. I don't know, it's, it's just pretty damning that 19 years after he last worked a match, Austin is still going to be the biggest star on the show and will likely command the biggest pop. This is all just so depressing when I really sit down and contemplate it, Brett. It's, it's a big part of the reason why I can't seriously engage with the product anymore. I can't work with an unserious person. I have a hard time seeing how Owens wouldn't be better served by a decisive win in a high-profile match. But then you have to make it feel like not just another match on a 14-match combined event. This reminds me how the company was going to pull out all the stops to sell out this very same arena in 2016. We'd get The Rock versus Triple H, Ronda Rousey versus Stephanie, John Cena versus The Undertaker, something with HBK, and of course, CM Punk returning to face none other than Stone Cold Steve Austin. All or at least some combination of this, it was all talked about. And what did we get? The Undertaker versus Shane McMahon, Hell in a Cell, as the lone special attraction match. The Rock, taking 45 minutes to set a sign on fire, and pin Eric Rowans in a six-second match. Austin, Michaels, and Mick Foley running in to beat up some mid-card geeks. All this on top of a badly depleted roster, really snake-bitten that year by injuries, it is regarded as far and away the worst WrestleMania of the modern era. And yet, they still achieved a record-breaking attendance figure of between 93 and 100,000 paid, depending on the source you believe. We were foolish to take the bait then, and it feels foolish to take it now, while they're still teasing an actual match between Austin and Owens. But they don't have to have a match. They can do whatever they want. They proved it six years ago. And we're still living in the peak nothing fucking matters era. They'll make their money either way. It's almost impossible for them not to make record profits seemingly automatically. The wrestling doesn't have to be good. It just has to be content. It just has to exist. You know, listen to you whine and cry over a dead horse that's been beaten into the goddamn ground ten trillion fucking times over. Reminds me of when Steve Austin approached me backstage after our show-stealing match and with tears in his eyes told me it was the greatest gift anyone had ever given him. And then that bitch Julie started tugging on my arm to get a move on so we could catch the red eye out of Chicago. She never appreciated my art. Anyway, with this evidently closing night one, I reckon we're looking at a big schmoz, and I wouldn't be shocked if we get appearances from Shawn Michaels and Undertaker, 
In other words, they sign off with the three Texas legends standing tall. Best they can manage, short of an appearance from the hitman. Let's dive into Queen Zelina and Carmella versus Sasha Banks and Naomi versus Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan versus Natalia and Shayna Baszler. There's a lot of talent concentrated in this match for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship. Unfortunately, there's also a lot of singles wrestlers. And there are a few performers in particular I think would be better served by a singles match. Uh, even without a title being on the line, one of the advantages, you know, as we talked about with this two-night format, is you can have a match between two excellent workers with little more behind it than a strong storyline and the promise of a great match. And it doesn't have to get buried, as it would on a massive supercard of years past. Plus, you know, that would really go to show that the women can carry a program and have a showcase match without it always needing to involve a title. Liv Morgan's been enjoying a little groundswell of support here lately, and I've always had a soft spot for Naomi, but uh, the person I think this multi-team tag match does the most disservice to is, is my daughter, I, I mean my niece Natalia. I think the obvious answer here is to run Natty against Charlotte, Hart versus Flair for the women's championship. Wait, hold on, Charlotte's not in the match, and I mean that totally goes against the point I was trying to make, and Besides, I wasn't even talking about everybody knows it's well past time for Natalia to get her win back. With that man at her side, Natty carried Charlotte to the best women's match in WWE history at the inaugural NXT TakeOver in 2014. And what have they done with her in the eight years since? Used her, just like they use all the hearts, to put over their pet rocks. Typical Vince. Typical WWE. Okay, moving on. Not to be overlooked, we have Bobby Lashley versus Omos. It says a lot about the state of my interest in WWE that upon first seeing Omos paired with AJ Styles last year, I asked one of my fellow participants on a Place to Be Nation Twitch stream what his name was and was told Shaquille. I didn't question it nor realize it was a joke until some months later. Well, you know, they change guys' names all the time for no reason. I know, we've already been over that, but it's not what happened here. I genuinely thought his name was Shaquille, and it kind of turned into an inside joke. Well, that sounds pretty fucking racist if you ask me, Jim Cappell. What? No, no, it wasn't like that. What is a Twitch stream? Don't worry about it. I'd like to see what kind of match I could get out of Shaquille. I bet I could do more with him than even my old rival Diesel. Now, I'm told this match might see some involvement from the hot young amateur grappler, Gable Stevenson. Who told you that? I'm not at liberty to reveal my sources. So this Gable Stevenson, the real eye on this kid, talking about him like he's the next Kurt Angle. I don't know if I'd go that far, but yes, as an Olympic gold medalist, that is the immediate comparison. Kurt Angle, highly decorated and just as overrated. 
It's like he forgets everything he learned about professional and amateur wrestling as soon as that bell rings. This Steve Essen, he could do a lot better than falling in the footsteps of Kurt Angle. Maybe he just needs to be stretched by the hitman. I do still know some of my dad's old tricks. Anyway, I assume this match exists to put Omos over and quickly. Uh, unless they recently soured on him because he sneezed in front of Vince or something. Well, Brett, I appreciate you joining me for this very special WrestleMania preview, but I'm afraid we are desperately out of time. Thanks so much for your wisdom and passion for the sport. Wait, what about the main event? We can't be done yet. Don't you wrap me up now. This is bullshit. <laughs>